The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Dex with Dying Pitch Podcast. I'm back. You know, typically, I'm not one to make fun of old people suffering from dementia because I see what, you know, dementia does to people in my line of work. And I've spent more than my fair share of time searching for them. But considering Joe Biden is our president and he is clearly suffering from dementia. Don't necessarily want to make fun of him, but I do want to acknowledge that he is destroying the country. And we look weak as a country. The world, the whole world is laughing at us right now. But with that said, I do want to wish Joe Biden the best. And I just like to offer him a giant. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Like I said, it's your boy, Dex. I'm back with the Iron Pitch podcast. I've missed y'all. Hope y'all have missed me. You know, and I know I've missed some uh, key things that have gone on in the country over the last two weeks. And I hope y'all enjoyed the last interview with Adam Davis. But like I said, I had planned on doing other shows. But as you all know, a brother got to work and pay bills. And I've been pressed for time with everything going on with the book. But as I always say, there's no excuses. So, but yet here I am ready to get back into it. And I don't know if you all know this. I will say this. The whole Let's Go Brandon thing, I got a confession. So when the whole Let's Go Brandon thing started, my immediate thought was, and what I thought it meant, because I had no clue what was going on with the whole Let's Go Brandon thing on social media. Not, not a clue. So when I first heard Let's Go Brandon, I thought that somehow, somewhere in this country, there were people that were cheering for Brian Landry the guy that killed his girlfriend, uh, Gabby Petito. <laughs> so when I first heard it, I was like, there's no way this guy has a fan club. That is what my absolute thought was. And I had to Google it and check into it. And man, I'm glad it was not that. I know we've, we've fallen as a society and as a country, but thank God not to that extent. Yeah, but even though we have not fallen to that extent... As a police officer, I'm constantly coming into in contact with people in situations where you just question humanity and you question people in situations that just make you think and ask, why, God, why? You know, I had this situation the other day where I work and I'm not going to say the name of this restaurant. I'm not going to say the name of the location. I just want you to know it was just, oh, God, I don't even know how to describe it, man. So I get called there. The call literally comes out as a lady saying that she needs a report for racism. So, of course, man, me hearing that, I wasn't even tied up on anything. I acknowledged that run on the radio as fast as I could because I wanted to get there and I wanted to handle this one personally myself and see what kind of foolishness I was getting ready to roll up on. You know, so I get to the location I'm looking, I'm like, who called this in? I don't see anybody in the parking lot. I see a a black gentleman that works at this location inside. I'm like, hey, did you call the police? No, I didn't call the police. I'm like, well, who called it? Then I hear somebody from a car in the parking lot. Officer, officer, over here, please, over here. So I go to the car. It's a guy in the driver's seat, a white guy. And it's a real skinny white lady in the passenger seat. And they're just talking to me. And next thing you know, she just starts saying, Officer, I need a report for racism right now. I need to file charges for racism. And I had to stop her in her tracks like, ma'am, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. There's no report or charge for racism. Now, we do have statutes that in reference to a hate crime. But that means that a crime has already been committed. And it has been committed because of the person's, you know, this color of the person's skin. Or they belong to a certain class of people. You know, but she was steadfast in her belief. No, I know there is a charge for racism. 
And I had to remind her, like, ma'am, I've been doing this job 12 years, sweetie. There is not a single charge in Kentucky Revised Statute for racism. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I know it is. You need to take my report. Ma'am, there is no charge or report for racism. Tell me what happened. So they start telling me the whole situation that went down. And it, the situation went down with the black guy that worked at this location. So I will say this. I don't really know what the truth with that, the truth that happened between either party. But I will say this. Both parties involved in this thing were out of line and just God bless, man. The decay of society, man. <laughs> you know, so I, I go about my way and I convince them that, hey, there's no report to take. And the one thing I've always loved about white people <laughs> is the fact that <laughs> they always want to prove how unracist they are, how not racist they are. So she's sitting there in the passenger seat and I've talked to them and I've calmed them down and assured them that, you know, nothing racistness. I'm not going to say nothing racist has happened, yo, but I'm I'm convincing them that, listen, there's no charge here. But she goes to tell me, just so you know, I love black people. I have a lot of black friends. I grew up in Shepherdsville around a lot of black people. Hold up. Time out. You ain't grew up in Shepherdsville around a lot of black people because there are not a lot of us in Shepherdsville, ma'am. I appreciate you trying to stroke my ego. I appreciate you trying to show me how down for the cause and the struggle you are. But you a damn lie. <laughs> yeah. But she's just, you know, going on the limb. I just love y'all and thank you so much and thank you for your service. I I just got upset. I just really I was just really upset about what he said to me. And as I'm talking to her, the black guy that works at the restaurant comes outside and then he just starts yelling. Yeah, yeah. I bet you real mad when you saw a nigga in a uniform roll up with a badge, ain't you? You, your white privilege ain't going to work here. I can't. That's why I hate y'all. I hate 98% of you white motherfuckers. Pardon my language, but that's what he said. Yo. And I was like, oh, 98% of them, 98% of white people he hates. <laughs> 98%. So the other 2% is cool though, right? Bro, you might as well go ahead and round that joint up to 100%. <laughs> so I go inside to talk to him. They figure out what's going on. And he just starts down the racial path. He just goes in. Man, these white motherfuckers, think they could come up in here and just treat me and talk to me any sort of way? Man, I'm not taking that. And it gets even bizarre. So he's telling me about the incident that happened with them in the drive-thru. And then he tells me, I'm just like you. I'm just like a public servant as well. No, I'm a first responder. Man, we put our lives on the line coming here to work and provide people a service and provide them food. Now, initially, I laughed. I did. I did because I, there's no way you slanging. I'm not going to say the type of food because I don't want to give the location away. But if you're slanging food at a fast food restaurant, your life is typically not in danger. However, considering the location of the unsaid restaurant. In the unsaid part of the city, I will give it to him that, yeah, he probably does put his life on the line driving down there to work. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that one, man. But regardless, regardless, God, it was just a hot mess of a situation, man. You know, and the best part for me was when I cleared the run and I was done with it, I got to get on the radio and how I cleared it was radio. The, the victim's been advised that there is no charge for racism within KRS. I'm 10-8. Uh, and I can hear people in the radio room laughing in the back. So y'all are welcome for that. You know, but just looking at this thing on the surface, this belief that this black guy really believes that black people aren't able to be racist. And no, I've heard this growing up. I've heard this over the years. Hey, why can't black people be racist? Well, in order to be racist, you got to have some sort of power, some sort of money. And well, black people ain't never had none of that. So we can't be racist. Hey, I was like, man, hold up. Time out. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anybody can be a racist, but I think people need to learn to define racism versus discrimination, which are two different things. But man, in this day and age, those terms have blended. And now, Racism today does not mean what it meant years ago because people have changed the meaning of it. I'm like, the left has changed the meaning of racism. I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's all right. You don't like it. That It is what it is. <laughs> but yet, you know, he's just 
You know, he's so sure that, you know, what he's doing and saying is not racist. And he feels justified, you know, in, in being racist towards white people. You know, this guy did just recently get out of prison. So I'm glad he has a job and he is working and contributing to society. But we don't need people with such small minds within our society. And we all know they're always going to be here. There's going to be races of all colors, creeds, cultures, whatever, man. It, that's always going to be here. You know, but I just find it so funny that I ain't going to say funny. It's not funny, but I just find it so crazy that you know, some people will never be more than the sum of the color of their skin. For some people, the color of their skin gives them personality, character, meaning and purpose. And I just feel like that's shallow. And when that's all you have, you have no character. To draw your existence and everything that you are from a 0.05 millimeter thick layer of skin is short-sighted and delusional. Now, our outer layer skin is only 0.005 millimeters thick. That is thin. That's not that deep. But yet, that small amount of millimeters has caused so much war and so much division and it just has just separated us. That's the only thing that's separating us as human beings and as people. 0.005 millimeters. That's why you have to ask yourself, look in the mirror. Who are you below that 0.005 millimeter thick layer skin? And if you don't know that, if you can't answer that question, all you will ever be is what's on the surface. And you know, that's why I like doing my podcast, because I want people to see beyond my layer skin, this beautiful, dark black skin that I have that white people wish they had. And they tan year round to try to get it. But you ain't never going to get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to all my white fans out there in the tanning bed. Thank you all for tuning in. And, you know, just sitting here thinking about all this stuff going on with race in the country. I had two encounters over the last few weeks with people that I had very, very, very negative encounters with during the riots, you know, and it's so strange how this, this exact time last year, these people were up in my face saying some of the most ill, vile, violent, dishonoring, dehumanizing things I've ever had said to me. And they, now they see me and now it's like, we just supposed to be cool. Like none of this ever happened. Like, we just going to be friends now, you know, and I saw seeing them in this current environment versus last year. I see that the whole thing was just literally a show. This was a live spectacle of entertainment and for people, you know, clout chasing and getting money. Yeah, but, you know, now that all that's over, I guess they're going back to their normal lives. You know, one of the guys I saw is a young black guy who was probably one of the biggest agitators the entire time. He had a loud mouth. I ain't gonna lie. He said some things that were funny sometimes about my fellow officers and me. Uh, but, you know, I saw him the other day and he was getting off the tark bus and I made eye contact with him. And he listened, you know, he walks by. I threw him the head and I what's up. He's like, looks at me, say, oh, you ain't had enough yet, huh? And I look back at him. I was like, I see you still riding the tark, huh? <laughs> hey, don't think because I'm in a uniform, you're going to say something crazy to me. I ain't going to clap back at you. I'm professional as I can be, but now I ain't from the streets, but you know, hey man, you ain't about to just roll on me and just, I'm just I'm not just gonna lay down and take it, dog. But yeah, man. You know, it's just so weird seeing these people in in this type of environment now where all this has gone, you know, passed by and people act like it's nothing. You know, I remember everything from last year. I still wear scars from last year, mentally and emotionally and physically. All of us do. But, you no, know, these people are going about their lives just like nothing happening. Everything's cool. You know, I had another incident. I ran into somebody from the riots and I can't really talk about it that much because I believe it's still the case, possibly still pending. Who knows? I don't know what's happening because I haven't heard anything because the, the county here is pretty much dismissing everything. But I saw a lady from the riots I had an interaction with. Very horrible interaction, you know, and I just remember. Looking at her, I'm standing in front of her and she's looking at me, not trying to make eye contact, but you no, know, she's the one that called the police. But yet she's acting so nice toward me. Oh, hey, officer, how you doing? You know, just right up in my face, smiling. 
And I'm looking at her and I just want to be like, bitch, you know who I am, you know, <laughs> but I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I am the I'm always professional and I will always represent the department in a positive manner. That's what I thought. I, I, that, I thought that in my head, but no, I didn't give in to the temptation, you know, and hey, but it was so weird seeing her sitting there talking to me so nice and elegant and being so helpful when a year, just a year ago, I remember her yelling at me, fuck you, nigga, fuck you. And this is a, this is a white lady. And I remember her saying this one line to me. Yeah, I bet you love sucking that white dick, don't you, nigga? I was, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So it's just bizarre that you could do that and say that to somebody, to an officer that you hate so much. Yet a year later, I mean, maybe something happened. Maybe she changed. I don't know. Who am I to judge? But I mean, I can't forget you and what you did. I can forgive you, but I'm not going to forget the things you said to me and the threats you made to me and all the stress you put me and my brothers through. And that's just me, the citizens, man. We went through all this together, together. You know, it was a rough 2020 was a rough year. But thank God things have somewhat calmed down now. But, you know, it's not over yet. You know, I'm not letting my guard down just yet. I mean, it's been quiet, cool and calm. But I know it don't take nothing but a spark to set this thing ablaze again. But as I said earlier today to my buddies, thank God the cold weather is coming because the cold weather saved us last year. These protesters prove that justice is only important and black lives are only important when it's above 50 degrees. So let's hope. Hey. Let's keep the cold weather coming, Mother Nature. Let's freeze this bad boy over. Let's get it done, man. And, you know, the one thing about everything last year that still bothers me is the fact that we had so many people's lives that were changed and affected. Taxpaying citizens in this county. And I mean, not just here, but across the country. Officers arrested so many people for destruction of property, assaulting people i mean we arrested so many people here last year during the riots we caught red-handed however for some odd reason i'm not gonna say for some odd reason but because of politics all charges have been dropped nobody's suffering the consequences of anything they've really done last year yeah there might be a few people here and there but overall nobody is being held accountable for the chaos and destruction they caused last year Imagine the poor business owners downtown last year. Y'all just heard the podcast I did with my boy Fadi. Imagine how much money he lost. He told you on the podcast. Imagine losing that money you know, and nothing happened to these people. You know. But now we have, you know, new administration coming in, you know, new leadership on the police department that want us to go out here and get active and, you know, start stopping people again and writing citations and tickets. But here's my thing now. And this is my personal belief. Like I, said, I don't speak for the PD or any other officers, but I am not going to go out now and start hammering American citizens on their way to work, making minor traffic infractions and ticket them and take money out of an American citizen's pocket and put it into the pocket of the government. The same government that refused to hold people accountable last year. The same government that did not protect them. The same government that let the city pretty much burn to the ground and tied officers' hands behind their back. So, no, I'm not going to go out here and burn it down, stopping cars and getting proactive. If you want to hold law-abiding citizens accountable for making minor mistakes, I need you to go back and make things right and hold the people accountable last year that caused so much death and destruction. And none of them suffer the consequences for it. So I am a man of the people for the people. I believe in the Constitution. I believe my job is to protect and serve people. I'm a believer in the Constitution. Yes, I am. And what America stands for. And I, as a law enforcement officer, my loyalty lies with the people. And like I said, I am not stopping people and taking money, their hard earned cash out of their money and putting it into the pockets of a corrupt system and government. That really don't give a damn about people at the end of the day. The government only cares about their bottom dollar and their politics. I'm not doing it. You know, if somebody calls me to something, I'm going to give them the best service I can. But and if something happens in front of me that is egregious, that is putting other citizens lives at risk, I am going to take action. That I will do. 
you know, the cost of fighting crime now is so high and the liability is even higher for officers. And the government let all this stuff happen on their watch. You know, but what makes me even more upset is they're letting everybody off from last year. However, they're punishing people that stormed the Capitol on January 6th to the max. And that ain't right. That's wrong. You can't charge one group, but let the other group go for doing the same thing. You know, I just read an article that said feds seek tougher sentences for veterans who stormed the Capitol. And this article talks about an individual who's a veteran that was at the Capitol. And it says during his six minutes inside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, this individual joined a slew of other military veterans as a mob of pro-Trump rioters and carried out an unparalleled assault on the bastion of American democracy. He's among dozens of veterans and active service members charged in connection with the insurrection. And before I go further talking about this, I want to go ahead and make this clear. I Dexter Pitts do not agree with anyone that stormed the Capitol on the January 6th. I think it was stupid. I think the people that did it were idiots. Absolutely. And I think they should be punished accordingly and fairly. And just because you're a veteran does not mean you get a pass. And just because you're a veteran does not mean you get to do what you want and not suffer the consequences. I love veterans. I am a veteran myself. I think veterans are special. But let's be honest, we ain't that damn special. We as veterans are not above the law. Like I said, I have my questions about the election last year. But what I know versus what I can prove are two different things. So I'm not going to get caught up in all that hype. But I have to call this article out because this article is using strong language such as assault. I've watched the videos. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Go to my Facebook page, the I'm Pitch podcast page, and tell me if I'm wrong. But... I don't believe I saw anybody that stormed the Capitol that day with a weapon. 100%. If I'm wrong, I will eat it. You correct me and tell me I am wrong. But I don't, see, I don't think I saw not one gun involved in this assault on the Capitol. You know, and I've also used the word insurrection, but I don't think I can really call it an insurrection. An insurrection is defined as a violent uprising against an authority or government. I'm not going to say that the this incident at the Capitol was violent but were there instances of violence i'm sure but overall not necessarily there was like i said there's a lot of stupid ass people that decided to go storm the capitol because they were upset with the election and like i said they do need to be held accountable but how dare these politicians and all those involved in the criminal justice system only punish this group of people but you let everybody from the summer of 2020 slide you want to talk about assault. How many officers were hurt during the 2020 riots during the summer? My buddy, somebody threw a flaming bottle at him and caught his leg on fire. There were officers in Portland that were, you know, blinded by these giant lasers. I remember coming to work one day and they passed out us, passed us out these glasses to protect our eyes from lasers so we wouldn't go blind. How many people were killed, officers killed during the riots and protests? There was so much stuff that has happened. Officers in Chicago were assaulted and there was a picture of a police sergeant or captain in Chicago. This guy was covered in blood because somebody cracked him over the head with a giant pipe. Dude, don't sit here and tell me what happened on January 6th was an assault. And don't sit here and tell me that all these people are guilty. But everybody else from Antifa, BLM and all these other groups that came in to cause mayhem and panic that they're innocent bystanders. How many times did they try to burn down the police station in Portland and the federal buildings? Unlimited amount of times. But you're only going to hold this group of white people that are Trump supporters accountable? That's bullcrap. And you know it. So I don't want to sit here and just beat up the people on January 6th. I'm, anybody involved in the protests and riots that caused damage and destruction during the summer of 2020 they need to be beat up as well and held accountable for their actions and all the things they did you know and as i said the decay of america just continues and all the people that cry for justice for fairness for equality and equity that black lives matter where were these people at when this young lady in philadelphia was getting raped on the train where were they? You know, last week, this young girl's riding the train. And the next thing you know, she starts getting assaulted by this guy. 
So as I'm hearing the story, this young girl gets on the train at 9.15. The suspect follows on behind her. The suspect sits down beside her and he starts hassling and harassing her as she's sitting on the train and sexually touching her for 45 freaking minutes. And what makes this worse is that there were a ton of people on the train. I believe that they said that there were at least 10 people in the same train car as this incident's happening. And they're just watching. And apparently they said that there were three people that had their phones out recording. This guy harassed this young black girl for about 45 minutes. And then after that, he proceeded to rape this woman. The rape started at 9.52 and it ended at 10 p.m. This lasted for eight minutes in a train full of people watching. And the only reason to stop is because an employee of the train come, came onto the train and saw the incident happen and called the police, Transit Authority Police. And then they stopped the guy from raping the girl and they arrested him. I remember seeing this pop up in my text thread with my buddies from the Border Patrol. Shout out to my boy Stu, who is from the Philly, the surrounding Philadelphia area. You know, but I just thought, I thought it was a joke. And I remember looking it up and I was in shock as I read the article that this happened for over an hour. And this guy raped this woman for eight minutes and men stood there and watched and people recorded with their phones and nobody thought to step in to help this woman. When after all the protests and everything last year, the hashtag me too movement, the feminist movement, you know, the, and that men are toxic and men, you know, toxic masculinity and men sat here and watched this animal, this monster proceed to violate this woman this woman's life is going to be changed forever forever and these people just sat and watched how have we fallen so far as a society to where people are just comfortable watching somebody get hassled for 45 minutes and then raped for eight how do you go to bed at night and sleep with yourself knowing that you saw this and did nothing to me there is no excuse for watching something like this happen and just letting somebody suffer, knowing that you could step in and do something. You know, I have female partners on this department that have been smaller than me. And you know what? I don't expect a small female officer to be able to whoop a giant guy's butt. You know, if she's outweighed by 150 pounds and like this dude's got like three feet on her, I don't expect her to beat this guy up. Yo. All I expect is to just try effort. That's all I need. I don't care if you could just buy the ankle by the fingernail, do something. Hey, don't just stand there. That, that is about the worst thing you can do is just stand and watch. And these people just did it. And it just makes me so mad. And it just makes me lose hope and faith in humanity. Hearing and seeing such things happen before our eyes. And there's this thing called the bystander effect that people have been referring to. To help explain why people act in the way they do when incidents like this happen in a public setting. You know, I just feel like it's a lame excuse, but maybe it's true. But just the person I am, I just can't sit back and watch anything. Maybe it's because I'm a cop and I've been doing this 12 years, but I just don't feel like that's just who I am below my skin. I just can't. My integrity won't just let me see somebody suffer and not do anything. But the bystander effects is described as the inhibiting influence of the presence of others on a person's willingness to help someone in need. Research has shown that even in an emergency, a bystander is less likely to extend help when he or she is in the real or imagined presence of others than when he or she is alone. Moreover, the number of others is important, such that more bystanders leads to less assistance. Although the impact of each additional bystander has a diminishing impact on helping. So what they're pretty much saying is people are afraid to step up. Well, not afraid to step. People don't want to step up because they expect others to step up and do the dirty work. See, And that is exactly what is wrong with this country right now. We want everyone to do everything else besides us. We just want to sit back in our homes, sit back on our phones and be comfortable. We want to become viral and get the lights. But when true injustice happens before your eyes, 
you don't do a damn thing about it. But you're quick to make a comment and post a link and talk about something and tap on your keyboard because you're a keyboard warrior and just express your opinion and help people from behind your computer. But yet when it's in front of your face, you don't do a damn thing. You're a keyboard warrior and you're a coward. And to all the people that sat there and watched that, I hope you lose sleep the rest of your life over your over your lack of action. Man, I don't expect people to be police officers. I don't expect people to be the last action hero like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't expect people, you know, to do everything perfectly. But I expect people to be decent. I expect humans to care about other people. That's why I'm a cop and that's why I do what I do. Because I care about other people. I don't want to see somebody suffering. Lord knows I would not be able to live with myself if I was there and I saw this happening and I did nothing. You know, I don't even want to imagine trying to stand before God the day I die and I am judged. And he pulls up a, that footage of me on a train sitting there recording with my phone, knowing that I, God has he has equipped me with the skills necessary to be able to intervene and help people and be a peacemaker. But not just be a peacemaker but to also deliver violence in defense of others and those that I love. You know, a verse from the Bible I really like is Isaiah 6, 8. And it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me, Lord. That strikes a chord in me, man. That just, God instilled that in me. That is why, like I said, that's why I'm a cop. That's why I take pride in this profession, regardless of what, all the things that have been done and said to us, that is why I stay loyal to this profession because God has implanted that in me. And for me to discard that and just let people suffer in my presence, I would be shaming God and not using the gifts that he gave me. But as I said, this is just a sign of the times in the decay of society. You know, we, want, we don't want men to be men. We want everybody to be woke. And this is what you get. You get weak men standing by. As another man rapes a woman, regardless of how people feel about the whole men versus women, on average, men are stronger than women. On average, women are definitely smarter than us. But God created us to protect women. I believe in traditional gender roles. I don't believe in it stringently, but there's no way I'm going to let something happen to my wife or my kids. And I'm just going to stand by and watch and pick up, you know, pick up my phone and just record or with any woman at that. Or with any person or anybody. The America that we have right now is a byproduct of, of wokeness. And what else would you expect when you have people like Colin Kaepernick leading the charge for justice? Excuse me, the charge against injustice. Now, who wants to really hear anything this guy has to say? And I'm not gonna lie, typically, y'all know I'm on the right, I'm conservative. But I don't believe in drawing these hard lines and I do want to hear people out from all sides of an argument. So I did something a little different last night. I sat down and I watched the new Colin Kaepernick series on Netflix, which talks about his life and how he grew up, you know, being born in Wisconsin as a you know, kid of mixed race, being black and white, being adopted by white people and moved to California. And not only that, this man was brought up in the life of privilege. Well, uh, I won't say privilege because anybody born in America is born in a privilege. You don't you might not believe that, but that's because you've never traveled outside of this country and seen how other people in other parts of the world are living. Our poor people are fat because they are overeating and they're taking pictures of themselves overeating with their thousand dollar iPhones. That's American privilege, my friends. And that extends to all colors and cultures within this country. OK. So I gave my attention to this series because I really want to know why he thinks like he does and where all this came from. And like I said, I'm sure some of his arguments. No, I'm not going to say I'm sure. I know some of his arguments and complaints are legit. I'm sure growing up as a kid of mixed race in a, you know, in a town full of mostly white people is hard. I had a hard experience growing up being a very dark skinned person. Growing up around other black people who tortured me and tormented me for being too black. And then they would turn around and call me white because of the way I acted. 
you're going to be messed up mentally and emotionally, man. That scarred me for years. And I'm literally just getting over that the last probably 10 years or so where I found my identity, became comfortable with who I am and being comfortable in my own skin. But I just find it so funny that as I'm watching the first episode of this series, it opens up with Colin Kaepernick talking about the NFL combine and how it's comparative to slavery. You know how they take these guys and put them up on the stage. These guys that want to be in the NFL and make millions of dollars. And these guys subject themselves to being, you know, examined from head to toe. And, you know, they're poking these guys looking for any imperfections in their body. And then the team steps in and offers this person a multi-million dollar contract for their services and their body and their abilities. I mean, hell, even the lowest paid person in the NFL is making six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's the league minimum. Six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And this fool's up here on this TV screen talking about comparing the NFL combine and NFL to slavery and slavers calling the NFL slavers. Like, bro, are you serious? In what world did our ancestors get paid millions of dollars to go work in the cotton fields? Zero. That never happened. How dare you sit here and call? I'm not going to say I'm not going to defend the NFL. Because I'm not a fan of the NFL because of the way they've gone. But Lord have mercy. I'm going to call a spade a spade. And this is just stupid and ridiculous. Man, these The NFL is offering young black men millions of dollars to play a game. That's it. Yeah. All you got to do is take care of your body, stay healthy, and you're going to be a millionaire. Our ancestors didn't get that opportunity or chance. And here he is complaining about the same system that he Hates and despises for taking advantage of black people. Well, I don't know how you're getting taken advantage of being given millions of dollars because let me tell you, if that's slavery, bro, go ahead and sign my crispy black ass up. I won't end on this. Bro, you could pay me the league minimum minimum of six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Man, I do I will do whatever you need. What do you need, coach? What do you need? Man, I will be the water boy for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And this dude is complaining about privilege. Colin Kaepernick is worth over $20 million and probably even more than that. And this dude is up here complaining about being taken advantage of and privilege. But like I said, he hates the system so much. But yet at the same time, he's upset because this system doesn't want him no more. You can't have it both ways, Colin. What is it that you want? Do you want to be an activist or do you want to be a player in the NFL? And you were, I loved you. You were one of the best players. I was a diehard 49er fan. But if you want to be an activist but you, and you want to be able to speak like your mind and you want to be able to say what you want to say and take a knee, I'm going to suggest to you that you're going to have to be better than you was. Because if Tom Brady did that, there probably wouldn't be much backlash because Tom Brady has the skills to back it up. You know, even Drew Brees had a little bit of backlash for his comments, which he ended up backing down from, which I was highly embarrassed for him for. Never bow to the angry mob, Drew. Never. You'll never win, man. They get you right where they want you when you apologize and bow down, brother. You should have stood your ground. Instead, he backpedaled and pretty much shamed his grandfather for fighting in World War II because a black player said that what Drew Brees said about the flag and being proud of America was racist. Man, no backbone, dude. I'm glad you retired. You know, but you know, we have Colin Kaepernick with this mess. And I will say, it's actually, if you can get past all the racial crap and all the division that it's causing and the pro black stuff, and they're here, I know I hear somebody listening. Man, Dex a coon, he a sellout, man. He ain't for the pro black stuff. I'm not. I'm not for anything radical. Man, I'm for people. The cons- I'm for the Constitution, man. I'm not going to sit here and co-sign on any- everything that's all black, everything. because it all Just because it's all black doesn't mean it aligns with my faith and my values and my morals. You know, but like I said, other than that, it was actually a decent show. The man worked his butt off to get to where he was in the NFL. And I respect him for that. Man, I respect anybody in this country that wants to protest, regardless of how I feel about your protest or how stupid I think you are. If you want to take a knee during the pledge, brother, go ahead and take a knee. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to exercise my right to turn my TV off and not tune into your foolishness. Yeah, I might not like it. I might not agree with it. But that is what my friends died for. That is what I almost lost my arm for. And that is what the millions of men and women who have shed blood for this country for since our inception have died for. For Colin Kaepernick to be an idiot. So if you desire to be an idiot, go ahead, brother. But see, that just shows how great America is because this is the only place where you can crap on the country that gave you the opportunity. Crap on white people that took you in and helped you, you know, gave you a better life. And because of that, you're a millionaire and you're still crapping on the same country that gave you that opportunity. The man's delusional. Let's be honest. You know, he's got caught up in his emotions. And from what I remember and hearing, he started dating some a female that was an extremist of radio personality. And I'll say she's gorgeous, man. She looked good. So, yeah, you know what? I've been we've all as men been taken by somebody with a nice smile and some round hips, dog. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's what happened. That's what happened with Colin, man. So he lost He got a piece and lost his mind, you know, but it doesn't end there with Colin Kaepernick. You know, we have other people that are still going about this route just constantly using race to divide. But see that they're not just dividing us. They're using the, they're using race to propel themselves and make themselves look as though they are the savior of the people. Example, I've mentioned her before on the show. Representative Cory Bush out of Missouri. I can't stand this heifer. I don't know who I dislike more, her or Maxine Waters, because they are cut from the same cloth. But my God, they are brilliant. When it comes to staying in power and staying in the limelight with their extreme comments and extreme views, which honestly, I don't think they believe the crap they say, but they know what their base wants to hear and they know what's going to get them votes. Not just that, they know what's going to get the black vote. And so Cori Bush, this past Thursday, she claimed that fossil fuels killed millions of people and alleged that oil firm executives who promote them are striking examples of white supremacy. For, for years, you all have continued to promote fossil fuels, despite knowing that promoting them means promoting environmental racism and violence in black and brown communities. Bush mentioned you all are still promoting and selling fossil fuels that are killing millions of people. Your profit driven and your profit driven choices threaten my life, the lives of my family, my neighbors and your and your and our communities every single day. Now, I'll stop her right there. She know daggone well. She don't live in these areas that she's claiming is affected by fossil fuels. She has gotten her money. She's gotten the politics. She's gotten her money and she has moved herself on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. This woman is the biggest race baiter and she's playing all of you. She don't care about you. She only care about your vote. But what she is doing is stirring up animosity, hate and fear now, using that 0.005 millimeter thick layer skin that separates all of us as people. That's what she's doing. Last thing any, anybody in government wants is for the people to look past each other's skin color and realize that we are all literally after the same things. We want to keep our money. We want the government to leave us alone. Which leads me to the next th issue we got going on with the IRS. And this is all happening under the Biden administration. What's going on with the IRS? I'm sure you all have heard. If you're not listening, you need to pay attention. Why? Because the government overreach continues. And now the IRS wants complete access to all of our bank accounts. And they've already started backtracking because when this story initially came out, the IRS wanted access to any account in the country that had $600 in it. That there alone is one reason why people do not like and do not trust the government. So for when people on the left want to continue to expand government, no, heck no. There's no way. The smaller the government, the better. The last thing I want is the government getting into my bank account. It is none of the government's business what is in my bank account. That is my liberty. That is my choice and my freedom what I put in my bank account. And the government does not have a right to have access to my hard earned money in which they already taxed the hell out of me. But you have people that in government and Congress that are pushing for this. So after initially proposing to track bank accounts with more than six hundred dollars of inflows and outflows. 
On Tuesday, the Treasury offered a new threshold. Of course they did. More than $10,000 in transfers in a given year would flag an account for, for reporting to the IRS. The agency said in a press release, wage and salary deposits won't count towards that threshold and that this is intended to not affect anybody that makes under 400000 Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I do believe that most corporations in America are not paying their fair share of taxes. I absolutely believe that. I believe Amazon and Google and these people don't pay nothing in taxes. That's, I think that's bullcrap. But however, regardless of somebody's financial status in this country, just because you have done well in life and made good choices or you inherited money does not mean that the government should have the right to go into your account and snoop around and decide what you can and cannot have. That is a instant violation of the Constitution and our Fourth Amendment rights. How dare these pompous ass politicians believe and think that they have the right to get into our bank account? I don't have nowhere near close to a million dollars. Hell, I ain't got nowhere really, really close to 10 at the moment, man. But regardless, I'm going to fight against this because I am for the interest of Americans, for the American citizens. My loyalty lies with the people, not the government. And the government continues to overreach and the government continues to push against us. And the fact that politicians think that this is okay tells you who these people really are and what they really care about they do not care about us we have to care about each other i could tell you right now it don't matter what side of the aisle you on what do you believe christian non-christian no democrat what issues you believe first or second amendment right one thing we all agree with is what happened with malcolm x when he was on that stage preaching and somebody in the audience said negro get your hand out of my pocket Exactly. Nobody wants the government taking more of our money. Nobody. If you do, you're a damn lie. I want to make all my money and I want to keep as much of my money as possible. And just because the government has this belief that they have the right to access our accounts. Let me tell you something. I'm not one that's talking about suiting up and going to war against the government. I will never co-sign that unless... It is absolutely needed and all other means have been exhausted. But if you want to start a shooting war with your citizens, Lord have mercy. Pass this bill and start getting into people's bank accounts and there will be hell to pay. And that's not just going to be people from the right. That's going to be everybody. And I think the government needs to start remembering who they work for, who put them in the office. And they also need to remember that the only reason they have power is because we give it to them. And they also need to remember that there are way more of us than there are them. And I can almost promise you that if something like this came down, I'm not going to promise. I want to believe that the U.S. military would look at something like this and remember the Constitution that they swore an oath and allegiance to. And the people of this country that they swore to protect, that they would do the right thing. And not obey such an order and start killing American citizens. And so we have the government wanting to reach deeper and further into our freaking pockets. Well, at the same time, they're taking money out of our, out of our pockets. What's the Biden administration trying to do? Take money from our pockets and put more money into the pockets of illegal aliens detained at the border under the Trump administration. What kind of madness and craziness is this? You know what? Having dementia doesn't even qualify for this. The, that is unfathomable that they are even trying to do that with our tax dollars. Like I say, I don't have a problem with people wanting to come to America. I welcome all people, but we have a process. Yes, the process is difficult and needs to be adjusted to make it a little easier and maybe less expensive. But still, the process we have is the process we have and there's no way around it. But there is no way that the government should be taking money from our pockets and putting $450,000 into the pockets of people who broke the law to come here illegally. Regardless of why they came here and what was happening in their home country, I am sorry that you are enduring such a thing and going through such. But you do not have you are not entitled to four hundred fifty thousand dollars. 
The life of an American soldier killed in service to our country is worth $400,000. So Joe Biden offering to pay families and individuals $450,000 is a slap in the face of the American, American military, the families that have lost their sons and daughters and husbands and wives. That is what Joe Biden is telling you, that you're worthless and that these illegals are worth more than you. You know, I don't know what's going on with our government, but they are absolutely losing it. You know, I want to say I have not lost faith in America, but I have lost absolute faith in the people stirring the ship that we're on. And it just does not seem to be getting better. I mean, we are just making stuff up as we go along just for politics, just because of how it looks to get votes. For example, uh, Rachel Levine, who's Rachel Levine? And pardon me if I get the pronouns wrong. It's not the disrespect. It's just I can't keep up with all the craziness and changes going on and the transgender madness going on in this country. So the Biden administration has made Rachel Levine, who is now who was a man who is now identifying as a woman, a four star admiral in the public health service. Like I said, we just make stuff up as we go along. I don't have a problem with Rachel Levine being transgender. I really don't care. But all I'm saying is. If I was a real woman, I would be pissed off. You know, and they're celebrating this as a victory for the country. And I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm just not. I'm not celebrating this. And I'm not saying that Rachel Levine is not qualified. But I am saying I just find it bizarre that we have a person that is suffering from gender dysphoria, which is an actual mental disorder. That we are promoting and putting in charge of everybody. The same person that said that it was okay to give puberty blockers to children to help them transition. That does not sound healthy. That is not somebody I want to take health advice from. And I'm probably going to upset some people like Dave Chappelle. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's not the disrespect. It's not. I have no beef, no quarrels with the LGBTQ plus 2Q, 3I, MA, XYZ, alphabet people, all that. But I have no problem with you and how you choose to live your lives. I support you to live the life you want to live and make the choices you want to make. And I will stand up for you and I will fight anybody that tries to physically harm you. Now, because somebody says something that hurts your feelings, ain't nothing I can do about that because the First Amendment says we have the freedom of speech. And the freedom of speech does not protect feelings. The Constitution does not protect feelings. But with that said, like I say, transgender people are suffering from a mental illness. Gender dysphoria. Absolutely. And you know what's weird? One of the first things we are taught in the police academy when we go through our CIT week, crisis intervention training, and is how we deal with people experiencing a mental health crisis. One thing that always stuck with me is when you are engaging with this person, you do not play into their delusions. You have to stay grounded in reality. And that is what we are doing right now as a country. We are not staying grounded in reality. I do my best to stay grounded in reality and deal with facts and with things as they are. And there's just some things and conversations and debates I am not going to get involved in. One debate I'm not going to get involved in? The gender debate. How many different genders there are. I'm not going to argue with you. There's men and there's women. How you identify, that's how you personally feel. But listen, I'm not going to sit here and debate with you that there are over 600 plus genders. There's penises and vaginas in this world, people. That's it. Now, there are men that might think that they're women and women might think that they're men. And that's absolutely okay. I don't have a problem with that. Hey, if you got issue, hey, take care of your issue. Go see your doctor. If you don't want to see a doctor and you're a man, you just want to live as a woman. Do your thing. I support you. That is what this country was founded upon. But do not expect me to play into your delusion that there are six, seven hundred or an endless amount of genders and that men are women and women are men and that there's no different. I'm not going to argue with you. If Once you say that to me, I'm shutting down. I'm walking away. You can't defy millions of years of evolution in science, man. So let's just cut the crap. Like I say, I'm not going to entertain any sort of foolishness as such. And I'm, I'm going to get ready to end this episode here shortly. But first, I got to address something, y'all. I got a bone to pick with somebody that you all probably love and somebody that I love and support. Somebody that I wish was back in the White House. I got to call them out on their BS. 
President Trump. I've been a big supporter of the man, always have been, always will be. But there are just some things, man, that are just, I just can't stand behind. Some things that just pick up my soul. And you're wondering, how can I vote for such a person? Man, the man's track record and what he did for this country and put us in a better situation. We were respected. You know, I stand behind that. I believe that he loved the country. But at the same time, he's a politician. And like I say, I don't agree with anybody 100% on anything, even my lovely wife. We have our disagreements. There's people I work with that I love, that I get along with, great, but we have our disagreements. And I have a problem with President Trump's statement about General Colin Powell. So I got a message from my buddy that I've known for a long time. Shout out to my dude, Ozell. What's up, homie? I appreciate you for tuning in and listening and bringing this to my attention. So he sends me a link in Facebook and it's and I read the and I read the uh, the statement from President Trump. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is an absolute joke and that this is satire. And I'm like, there's no way that he said this or something to that level. But at the same time, this is the same guy who crapped on Senator John McCain when he was running for president, when he was running for president and said, he's not a hero. I like the ones that got away. You know, and it's just like, man, dude, shut up. I like you. I'm a supporter, but come on, bro. Really? It was that necessary. So the statement that Donald Trump made in reference to Colin Powell was wonderful to see Colin Powell who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. I hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace. Oh, man. You know... The fact that I support the man and I like his policies and he did a lot of good work in the White House, regardless of what some people think. You have more money in your pockets, people. There were endless amounts of jobs. Everybody was working. Gas prices were lower. Things were going all right. Y'all had to go and ruin it and put this dimension having grandpa in office. But I'm getting off on a tangent. Let me get back focused. But, you know, why? Why go to that point and say it? Why stoop to that level? You know, it's like. The man served this country for, I mean, decades, had a marvelous record of service. Yes, Colin Powell, you know, the whole invasion of Iraq thing was botched and bad decisions were made. But you know what? We are all human. We all make mistakes and error, you know, whether he did on purpose or not. I don't know. Only God can stand in judgment of that man. But I do know this. Colin Powell served this country more than President Trump ever did. Colin Powell has done more for people than President Trump ever will. Colin Powell put on this uniform for decades and served this country. And the man deserves to be honored as such. So shame on President Trump for having done, you know, making such a comment. It's disgraceful, man. And, you know, he says he wants to be memorialized and, mem and memorized such as Colin Powell was by the media. But that is not how you do that. You don't become memorialized, remembered and loved by crapping on other people. Yeah, like I say, Trump's my boy, but he's wrong on this one, people. Absolutely wrong. That's disgraceful. It's uncalled for. And, you know, Trump is arrogant and he says things because he know he can say them and get away from. Him, and he still has a base that will follow him regardless to the end, no matter what. And I will follow Trump. But just because I follow you. And I like that some of the things you did in office does not mean I agree with everything you did and said. You could be a Trump supporter and not co-sign on everything this man says. As a decent human being, all of us, Trump supporters or not, should be like, man, that was dumb, that was low, that was stupid and unnecessary. If you can't look at that and say he's wrong for that and you're just drinking Trump Kool-Aid and you think this man, you all are probably the same people. That if Trump pissed on you and told you it was raining, you would believe him. And for me, that's just not who I am. I'm not just going to go with the crowd because there's some things we like about this guy. There's a lot of things we you know, enjoyed that he did while on office. But we have to be able to call the spade a spade and right, right and wrong, wrong. And with this one, man, 
I don't even want to be right about everything. If you looked at my Facebook page on Iron Pits, I said the other day, it is not my desire to be right, but my desire to be reasonable. Look at what he said about Colin Powell from a reasonable standpoint. Take your politics out of it. Take your feelings out of out of it. How would you feel if your grandfather or somebody you love served for, you know, decades in the military, had a spectacular record, made one mistake, and then somebody just goes on TV and tries to praise them, but throws in a little quick punch and smears them and then praises them again? That smear just erases everything good that you said about them. And it's telling of your character. And like I said, yes, Trump has his issues. He's got, you know, some parts of him that are unhinged, which I kind of liked and which kind of kept the world guessing, which I love, yo. But I just can't support that statement about an honorable man. And if you want to be honorable, President Trump, you would shut your mouth, man. I mean, I know you're not going to go back and apologize, but that's just disgraceful, brother. Absolutely disgraceful, man. And there's no way I can stand behind that comment. And before we get ready to hang it up, man, we here in Louisville, it's been a long couple of days. As you all know, we lost one of our best officers here on the department. Christmas Eve of 2018, Officer Deidre Mingado. Not only was she an officer, she was my partner. She was my friend. I enjoyed working with her. I worked with her in the West End on beat one in the second division for many years, many years. And when I learned that she died, like many others, I was crushed. We were all crushed. And the way she died at the hands of a guy driving an MSD truck not paying attention, you know, under the influence of stuff and watching porn. Like this guy, he doesn't know at the time he didn't know what he did and who he took, how much pain he caused, how much suffering he caused. Her son Preston, you know, Christmas Eve is forever going to be changed for this kid. All because of this guy's careless actions. You know, but we got a little bit of justice the the other day. You know, the jury came back and found him guilty on all charges. And now this individual is looking at 27 years for stealing Dee Dee from us. Not just us on the police department, but from her family and from the community. Because especially in this day and age where you are calling for officers to be held accountable, you are calling for the best and the brightest to be officers. Dee Dee was that standard. Dee Dee was that officer. Her attention to detail, the way she cared about people in the community, the way she policed. She was a phenomenal officer and an even better person. And she was a phenomenal mother. It has been going on three years. Man, we still miss you, Didi. We love you. And we are hoping that you are smiling down upon us. Happy that you got some sort of justice. But also, I know at the same time that you were a believer in Jesus Christ and you are a Christian and I know you personally and I know that you would want us to be celebrate justice being served but I also know that you would want us to forgive him for what he did to you for tearing you away from your son the pain and misery and strife that he's caused this department your family and the community regardless I have seen, I have worked with you, worked with you for years, and I know for a fact that you would expect nothing less from us than for us to forgive him for what he did. I know what everybody's thinking and hearing and saying that this guy deserves the worst. He deserves to die and burn in the flames of hell. I've had those same thoughts and feelings. I still remember the tears I cried as I drove past her car accident. You know, that night heading back to New Mexico to the Border Patrol Academy, it still hurts, man. It will always hurt. But regardless of the hurt, we all know what you would have wanted. And the best way for us to remember you, your service to the community, how much you loved your family and you loved the department. The best way for us to remember you is to forgive this individual. I know it's you no, know, it's going to take some time for all of us to get there. But that is what we need to do to remember our sister. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Iron Pits Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in as always. As you know, you can listen to the Iron Pits Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and I got some more coming down the line. I'm going to continue to try to keep getting the show out there. And if you all please could, please go and rate the show five stars and leave me a comment on Apple. That's how my show continues to get out and move up in the rankings. I say, and if you don't like the show and you think I'm an idiot, leave me a message as well. <laughs> you know, I say, I can take it. I can definitely take it. That, considering all I've been through these last few years, my skin's super thick. <laughs> yeah, I think my skin might be a little thicker than y'all's in that uh, 0.005 millimeters, man. <laughs> I've been beat up a lot over the course of 37 years, but I'm still here, still standing, and I'm still strong, and I'm ready to continue spreading my message and fighting for the truth and fighting for the citizens of America and the people of the world. I Am Pitts is here to stand against the evils in this world and do what is right. You know, and to all my brothers and sisters within the law enforcement community, continue to stand strong and continue to do what you know is right. Do the best you can and serve these people as best you can. And if you can't do that, you're a hot mess. <laughs> you need to get out of uniform. <laughs> All right, people. I'll see y'all on the next one. Thanks for tuning in.